So, a few questions for you. Are you the same today as you were yesterday? Are you the same today as you were two weeks ago? Are you the same today as you were a month ago or a year ago or five years ago? Resolutions or not, you are being changed. Sometimes for the good and sometimes for the not so good. Resolutions or not, life is happening to you and life is changing you. And most of us have spent a lot of our lives allowing life to lead us around and going from trauma to trauma to drama to drama, from friend to friend. Every year we say we about to cut this one out and cut this one out and let go of this one and we changing our numbers and we're wiping people off Facebook and we're doing all of this kind of stuff and all of that is all well and fine. It is your right to do that. But the question is, is are we living lives where everybody else in all of our circumstances and the rest of life's drama and struggle, is it leading us around or are we leading it around? Are we leading our lives in a way that is helpful, helpful and that creates success. Now last week, I talked about actually not having excuses in this new year, but doing what needs to be done to get your dreams accomplished or to accomplish your goals or to make this year a better uh, year for you. And, and, and I also put a little footnote, there is no reason for you to have a list of 10 resolutions. If you couldn't get one done last year, why fool yourself again this year and come up with a list of 10? Sometimes it might be better to just say, I'm gonna work on one thing this year and get this one thing accomplished so at the end of this year I can say, I did what I set out to do. And if you like me, Marcus and I already put us on a vegan diet and I'm having struggling to get, I was fine yesterday, but my eyes are a little numb today in my head. I may not be thinking clearly, so if I miss some points in the sermon, please forgive me. I haven't had meat in a couple of days. I might be going through withdrawals. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Oh, and no sugar, so I couldn't have my donut on the way to church this morning. So, you know, if I didn't hug some of you or if I didn't speak, yes, I'm in a bad mood. But God will be... God will work it all out. You'll have to forgive me. No sugar and no meat. We were trying to make it. We're trying to make it. Then my nephew last night, let's stop at Popeye's and get a chicken sandwich. <laughs> Temptation will show up as a little child too. Do not be fooled. They say the children will lead them, but they, they will tempt you, for sure. Then yeah, my mama talking about, I will have some of Monica's beans in there. I froze them, but I don't know if you want to. Those beans are good. They have meat in them, though, sausage and pork and bacon. 
See, I, see I, I can't even focus. I'm thinking about, geez, that is not in this manuscript. Get back on, get back on point. Thank you, Jolie. She's saying the name of Jesus. Get back on point, on point. Lord, have mercy. Oh, that means I can't even flavor my coffee today. Jeez. All right. <laughs> are we being changed and are we changing in a way that we are doing it intentionally? Or is it something that is accidentally happening to us along the way? Now we can congratulate our wise men as you see, they have finally reached Jesus. And this is what Epiphany Sunday is. This, you know, they started over by the mics and now they've, <laughs> they've made it over here to the nativity scene. But this is what this Sunday in the church is all about. It's about Epiphany Sunday. So coming to some kind of realization of Christ as the wise men see the manifestation of Christ. He is revealed to them. Epiphany also means that we can begin to see an illumination, a realization, or a disclosure of something that was once hidden. And so for the wise men, they see Jesus, they see God, and, and to them, perhaps God was indeed hidden. And the other part of this that we miss in the church life sometimes is the fact that Jesus was a Jew, not a Christian. And we also miss that these wise men are of different colors and races and from different countries. So the gospel writers are letting us know that Jesus is for all of us, no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey. But the insight, the manifestation, the realization, the illumination that we need to get today takes us to the story of Nicodemus. You know, in our scripture, it says being born from above. But the way some of us have heard this scripture is to be born again. And in a lot of churches, this language is used, this idea of being born again is used to say, you must be born again. You're usually born again before you are even baptized. What does it mean to be born again? And to be born again in these churches means that you come to the realization that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, that he was born, lived, died, and resurrected, and you believe that you are saved saved by grace. That is what they're saying born again means. Now, many of us in here have had that experience. We claim to be that we are born again. But as I look at this scripture and I think about this year that we are going into, I ask myself, what does born again really mean? So you've made a profession of faith. You've said that you believe these things, but I don't know, maybe you're like me or maybe you know some other folks who have claimed to be born again, but ah, it's a little questionable whether or not they have been born again. There's a lot of folks that claim they have been born again and yet nothing has changed in their life. I 
I'll make it a little bit more practical. You can't still claim to be born again and not be willing to do the work that you need to do to make sure that you and your family somehow figure out how to get along. You cannot be born again and somehow turn your back on all of the suffering and the struggling that is going on in the world. You cannot claim to be born again and your credit score is still the same as it was five years ago. If you are born again, something ought to be changing and moving forward and being revised and being revisioned and being created in your life. So the principle I came to teach this morning is simply this. We all may be born again because we have made a profession of faith. But if we truly want to say that we are born again, we should probably start saying we are being born again, that we are being born anew, that we are being born from above. So in other words, this year, conversion doesn't just happen because you've made a profession of faith. Conversion doesn't just happen because you've ticked off the born again box in the church that you came from. Conversion happens this year when you look up and say, mm, that problem was with me in 2019. Whew, it was with me in 2018. Uh, that goes way back to when I was in fifth grade and Susie so-and-so said something to me and, oh, well, maybe that's where I started being insecure in my life. Uh, so maybe it's time for me to think about letting some of that stuff go. Hmm, maybe I need to be born again on this particular topic. Maybe there are other areas of our lives that we need to say, God, we are ready to be born again when it comes to this. Maybe there are areas of our lives like our finances, like our jobs, like our families, like our mindset about life. Maybe all of that needs to be submitted to where we can say we need to be born again on this. We need to be born anew and to think about things differently. The reason we don't change our habits, the reason we cannot succeed with our resolutions is because we really don't understand how much of a habit it has become. You really don't understand what has happened in your brain is that you have neural pathways because your brain is kind of like plastic, but you have neural pathways that are set in their ways. Addiction is not just addiction for addiction's sake. Your brain has decided that that is what it wants. You attracting the same kind of friend is why you keep having to get rid of the same kind of friend every year. So your brain has decided that for some reason that is what you deserve is that kind of friend. 
You wonder why you go into another job and you have the same kind of issue again. Your brain has decided that that's the kind of job, situation, and atmosphere you want to be in. Your brain is creating things for you that you say you don't want, but yet again, here we are in the same situation. 2020, new decade, new vision, and yet we went right on out on December 31st and did the same old stuff again. It's not a matter of just saying, I'm going to give it to God. It's not a matter of just writing it down. It's not a matter of just praying about it. It ought to frighten you that your brain is dictating your life to you. But there is hope because your brain is only dictating your life to you because at some point you decided that that is who you want it to be. It's just like smoking cigarettes. It started at some point, you didn't come here smoking them. So to resolve to say, God, whatever it is this year that I am looking to create, whatever resolutions I have created or whatever needs to be changed, I want to submit it in a way to say, God, let me be born again. Not on this list of 10 things, but God on one thing. Let me get to the end of this year and say, God, I have done exactly what I set out to do. That champagne on December 31st will fool you and have you thinking you can have a list of 10 resolutions. You can't. That's drunk talking. At best, you can get in three, and it depends on how big those are. So how can we begin to say, God, I will submit this to you in a way in which I want to be born again. I gave you my life once. I'm going to give this to you once again and to say, I want to think a new thought. I want to think a new thought about my family. I want to think a new thought about my habits. I want to think a new thought about my finances. I want to think a new thought about my marriage. I want to think a new thought about my church. I want to think a new thought about my job what is it that you can say God I want my thinking to be born anew so that I can continue to be born again understanding that salvation didn't happen when I made a profession of faith but that salvation happens as I go along the way it is a work that is never ever completed Yesterday, <laughs> there was, I went to meet with some of the teenagers to, well, three of them to talk about the youth group and to see what they want to do with it and how are we going to plan and get everything together with fundraising and the national youth event that's coming up. And uh, as we were Jalen and I were preparing to leave. We stopped by uh, 
the Barry, we were at the, the Barry Hills house and we stopped by the, they have this aquarium in the, in kind of like the foyer kitchen open area, beautiful home, but a huge aquarium with wonderful fish in there and everything. And, and Jeremy says, uh, well, those are, well, first there was this thing. What was that, that? It was the little tentacle thing that was up there in the top of the, what, what is that called? Anonine? And then you heard them. So <laughs> it, it's two of them up there. And these clownfish hang out next to these. And, and I can't say it. I'm, I'm just not going to be able to do it. Anyway, these two little clownfish hang out next to these other little these other big, big fish, and this, and this uh, creature uh, excretes this kind of, uh, what do you call it, like venom or toxin that protects those two little clownfish. Now this aquarium has all kinds of other fish in it, and coral, and it's, it's beautiful. And then Jeremy says the oddest thing to me, he goes, yeah, the, the clownfish are asexual. And I'm like, well, how do more clownfish come about? <laughs> and he says, well, when they mate, that's when they determine what the gender of each one is going to be. Now, immediately in my mind, I went to one issue that we're dealing with in society today. And then on my way to church this morning, God said, do you understand the biology behind a fish coming here asexual and then changing its gender based on its relationship with another fish? And then it slapped me upside my head that I know humans are more complex than a clownfish. Now we may act like clowns, but we're more complex than a clownfish. Where in your life, this is a question for me too, where in your life would you make such a radical change that it would even change the biology of who you are? Where in your life would you make such a radical change that people would say, that is not the same Leslie I saw two, three, four, five years ago? If a clownfish can do it, so can we. Let us be born again, anew, together. In Christ's name, amen.